Hey everybody, Pastor John here. Before we get started with today's episode, uh, I just want to let you know that we have been working really hard to create more resources to bless you and your ministry. Uh, daily devotionals, um, courses that are going to begin teaching people how to preach God's Word and communicate effectively as well as understand the Bible. Uh, we're putting together more podcasts that are going to uh, help you in your walk with Christ, that are going to help you understand the Bible, uh, and we're creating a lot of other uh, opportunities that are going to be announced in the near future as well. Um, opportunities for question and answers uh, about the Bible, life, ministry, etc., and, and a lot more to come. And all of this is with the intention of helping you grow in your walk with Christ and to fulfill the calling that he's placed in your life. And in order to make all that possible for us to do, uh, we're inviting you to consider partnering with us. Uh, you can support this podcast and the ongoing development of other resources uh, in order to educate, encourage, and enrich others in their walk with Christ by going to patreon.com slash johnmarkham and becoming a patron. In addition to making it possible for us to create more resources like this, there's also going to be some cool perks for becoming a patron. So thank you in advance and enjoy the show. Welcome to the John Markham Leadership Podcast. Hey, thank you for listening today. We're beginning to get back into the John Markham Leadership Podcast, creating resources to help you in your walk with Christ and the calling that he's placed in your life and your ministry. Uh, I've been really encouraged to start this back up by several other friends in my life, as well as other pastors and ministry leaders and people who are planning to become uh, full-time ministry people at some point in their future, whether that's becoming a pastor or a missionary uh, or just a key leader in your church who volunteers and gives your time and energy. And along those lines, a lot's changed in my life since we last did this podcast. In particular, uh, I made a decision, due to a few reasons, to become bivocational. I became uh, the general manager of a restaurant, which is something that I have experience in my background doing, and uh, I still lead Life City Church as the lead pastor. And uh, a lot has happened in the course of doing that, and, and there were a few reasons why I made that decision. Uh, one was certainly uh, it was a financially uh, better move for our church, uh, but it was also in no small part because of uh, the mental health that I was in at the place. And in case that, that that's something you didn't know, I uh, have come out this past year as being um, a person who struggles with anxiety and depression and have most of my life. And in 2018, it was something that particularly became a problem for me and my ministry. And I can get into the reasons of why and all of that, but I'm actually going to save that for the next episode of the John Markham Leadership Podcast when we talk about depression and ministry, something that is uh, very personal to me and that is obviously becoming more of a problem uh, in our brothers and sisters who serve in the kingdom around the world uh, here lately, and so I want to address that directly. But I thought it'd be helpful maybe to not start so dark and uh, discouraging, maybe because of the heaviness of that subject. Uh, I want to start with um, something that is a little more obvious. We'll start with bivocational ministry, and really because I'm aware of the fact that there are a lot of you listening who are bivocational, who you serve in your church, whether whether as the lead pastor like I do, or as an associate pastor, or worship leader, or youth director, or some other key volunteer, and you financially provide for yourself and your families by doing something else, either part-time or full-time. And first of all, I just want to say lots and lots of respect for you. 
I think there's a lot of misconceptions about bivocational ministry that I want to address in this podcast and I want to encourage you with. It's becoming more and more, I don't have any statistics today, but it's becoming more and more popular for pastors to be bivocational. And kind of the frustrating thing for me is that I think that for a long time, that historically, bivocational ministry has been viewed um, with a certain degree of contempt by both uh, other people who were in full-time ministry and sometimes by bivocational ministers themselves. We've, we've looked at bivocational ministry as this consolation prize to not being able to be in full-time ministry. And I just want to, first of all, start this ministry, start this, this episode today, rather, by, by saying that that's not the case and that uh, there is value and, and I think an urgency for bivocational ministers. So I just want to encourage you a little bit with the podcast today dealing with bivocational ministry. Um, so first and foremost, I want to just say this. If you're in bivocational ministry or you're serving in the ministry of someone who is bivocational, your, your pastor is a bivocational pastor, bi- bivocational of course, uh, we mean that this is not your only source of income or, or maybe not even your primary source of income um, being in the ministry. Um, first of all, I want to say you can, in fact, do it. Uh, you can be bivocational. You can have a full-time job and lead in your church. And yeah, that's basically a full-time job also, but you can do it. Uh, a lot of people said you can't do it. Um, and I've heard a lot of reasons of why you can't do it. Um, it's, you know, you're, you're, you know, some people have misquoted other scriptures, you know, where, where Jesus says you can't serve God and mammon or, or financial wealth. And of course, Jesus is correct. But um, most of the people who would say that are planning to sleep indoors that night. And they're planning on feeding their family that night. And so it's convenient to say, you know, that you can't serve God and mammon when uh, they have enough mammon (laughs) to take care of themselves. And maybe uh, for you or for someone that you serve with or under, it's necessary for you or for that other person to have another job to be able to feed themselves and to take care of their families and sleep indoors and drive to the church where they serve. And so, and so, I just want to take away some of the stigma first and foremost um, that, that somehow you're you're not serving Jesus if you're in bivocational ministry, or you're you're serving your your wealth instead of the kingdom if you have a second job. And and most of the people, in fact, almost all the people that I know who are bivocational uh, are not bivocational because they're trying to accrue wealth or because they're trying to uh, milk you know two cows at the same time, so to say. Most of them are living well below their means. They're they're trying to they're trying to uh, manage their finances responsibly. Most of them are are trying are living paycheck to paycheck, like most other people in a lot of our churches. Um, they're 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 not you know raking in lots of money. They're not being um, living lavish lifestyles. Um, they're not living the uh, I'm not gonna name anybody, but they're not living in the uh, lifestyle of some people that all of us could probably think of who have you know multi-million dollar mansions. Um, most bivocational pastors are doing what they do and serving in their churches and working a full-time job because they love the church so much that uh, they're willing to do it even if it means they have to divide their attention and their time to have a secondary means of providing for themselves their family. but you can, do it. More and more men, more and more women are serving in a bivocational role in their churches and are doing so successfully. 
They're not just doing it um, in, in a haphazard or sloppy way. They are doing it in a way that honors God, that brings people to know Jesus and follow him. And you can too. You can do it. I didn't think that I could be bivocational for the largest part of my ministry. I've been in, and I'd, I'd still consider myself in full-time ministry now, but I would say that, that for the 15 years or so that I've been in full-time ministry, that for the vast majority of that time, uh, I didn't think that you could be bivocational ministry and uh, give enough attention to your ministry. And I'll be honest, I still struggle with that. I still struggle with feeling like I give enough time and energy to my congregation, to the work of my ministry, to sermon prep, to planning the ministry and all the things that go into it. But you can do it. Um, I have four kids and a wife who also runs a business. Um, we live in Silicon Valley, so it's like, wow, so that's like three. Yeah, yeah, well, it takes a lot to live out here. Uh, we have friends who make $150,000 a year and are still um, you know, living month to month, week to week, paycheck to paycheck. So it's just part of the nature of living out here in the first place. Um, but you can do it. Um, I'm still able to be present in my, you know, my in my kids' lives. I still get to attend their functions at school. I still am able to go on dates with my wife. I still have some time to myself. Now I'm I'm tired a lot and I'm busy a lot. But everybody I know is tired and busy. That could be its own podcast, honestly. Busy and tired. Uh, but you can do it. There is a way. Uh, you have to manage your time well, you have to manage your energy well, you have to manage your sleep well, but you can do it. Sabbathing becomes a lot more difficult. Finding time to rest, finding time to recharge, to reconnect with God becomes more difficult, but it is possible. Uh, secondly, uh, you need help. <laughs> uh, you cannot do it on your own if you got this superhero mentality of ministry. I know some guys right now, in fact, that are bivocational and they're not leaning into their leadership. They're not raising up leadership to carry the mantle of ministry with them. And it is killing them. But I've also found that that's not a problem that is exclusive to bivocational pastors. I know guys in full-time ministry that have a superhero complex that think they've got to do it all because they're the full-time pastor. They've got to, you know, they, they get a paycheck from the church, and so they've got to break their necks and you know, die to the church. Jesus already died for the church. You don't have to uh, raise up leaders. In fact, if if you are the only one who can do everything, then you're probably not doing a ministry as well as you should anyway. You're not pastoring as well. You're not raising up leaders as well. You're not discipling as well as you should be. But that's not a bivocational problem. That's a personality perspective problem. That's how that's how you see yourself problem. So you can do it, but you're going to need help. You're going to need to raise up leaders. You're going to need to raise up volunteers. And you need to um, embrace that reality. Uh, third, I'd say you've got to accept some sacrifices. There are some things that are not going to be as pretty or as detailed or as... Um, I don't know how else to say this, but as sexy as some of the uh, ministries that you might be trying to model after. And no kidding, uh, most of the ministries that we model after are well-known ministries because, well, they're easy to see. They, they have the multi-million dollar budget, they have the multi-million dollar facility, uh, and they have uh, millions of dollars of annual salaries that they're paying out for the staff that they have, and that's not you if you're bivocational, more than likely. More than likely, you have maybe 20, 25 hours a week to work on sermon prep, to have staff meetings, to follow up, to have small groups or life groups or whatever you call them at your church, and to do the other thousands of things that go into running a ministry. And so not everything is going to be done to the same degree as if you were full-time. And that's okay. 
we uh, joked about it at our church. This is our first Easter with me being bivocational, and all of our staff is actually bivocational, and we love it. And one of the things that's interesting about it for us is that with our Easter service, we said this Easter's going to be a lot more organic. <laughs> and that was our way of basically saying that we expect and, and, and embrace the fact that we can't fine-tune every single detail of every single thing to the degree that maybe we would have in different circumstances if um, one of us at least was full-time or if all of us were full-time for sure. But I just want to share this. With, with that um, quote-unquote organic, you might say uh, messier um, sort of service that we had this last Easter, I just want to point this out. Um, we had no less than a half dozen people receive Christ this Easter. Um, had several others rededicate their lives. And we had a baptism service the very next Sunday. And on that baptism service, we had nine people get baptized, which was the most people we've ever had baptized in any one day in the history of our church. And for me personally, in the history of my ministry, I've been in ministry for 15 years. I've baptized hundreds of people at this point. I've never baptized nine people in one day like I did that Sunday. And I've been bivocational for eight months at that point. And so God can use you. You can do it. You are going to need help. And it's going to be a little bit messier. But I just find that God works in the mess. God works in my life far more often when I feel like I don't have control than when I feel like I do. And so maybe for me, and maybe this is just me personally, but, but maybe, maybe you can relate. I hope you can. I feel like one of the things, one of the advantages that bivocational ministries give me is that I don't have as much control. And I've had to trust God. And I've had to trust others in my leadership. And, and part of what's come out of that is I found out people I can trust I didn't know I can trust. And part of it is I found out there's some people that I can't trust that I know that, that I didn't know I couldn't trust. And I feel like that, that, that while that sounds kind of scary, that's, that's always been the case, even when I was full-time you know, nine months earlier. The difference now is that all the, all the things that, that need to be dealt with kind of rise to the top and become more obvious that they need to be dealt with. And so I've been really grateful for that. So you can do it. You're going to need some help. It's going to be messy. Number four, I'd say, or whatever I'm on at this point, I kind of didn't number these things. I just kind of bullet pointed them. But you're not a second-class citizen in the kingdom. You are, I feel like there's groups in our churches that, that somehow we end up kind of treating as second-class uh, citizens and the same is true in ministry. Sometimes we treat uh, single adults like second-class citizens in the kingdom. Like, oh well, when you get married, then that's when you become useful to God. Well, that's not true. Uh, you, every one of us, are useful in our own way, in our own brokenness. Uh, God takes humble things to confound the wise, simple things to confound the strong, and yes, even single people uh, to minister to married people. Um, but when it comes, we, we treat this with youth pastors sometimes too. We treat missionaries, depending on what kind of circle or denomination you're listening from. Sometimes missionaries get treated as second-class citizens. And bivocational pastors, bivocational ministers of other areas, oftentimes get treated as second-class citizens. But you are not a second-class citizen. In fact, you uh, have some distinct advantages to work with. Um, one of the things that I've seen in uh, my ministry here recently is that I had many people. I don't I don't go around preaching at my restaurant. I feel like that's um, tacky for one. But I'm not ashamed of who I am, what I believe, and what I do. At the same time, I think that there's a balance that you can walk if you're bivocational, and I work hard to maintain that balance. And along those lines, um, you know, I, I've you know shared with some of my staff on occasion that you know anxiety and depression is something that I've struggled with. And, uh, and you know, they, they've asked questions about our church, what we do. And, and all that to say, I've had several of them come to our church 
and hear the gospel and, and learn the scriptures and hear the word and participate in the worship with us. Um, because now all my coworkers aren't Christians. <laughs> all my coworkers aren't people who work for the church with me anymore. Now all of a sudden I have this opportunity to minister to um, dozens of people who work for me, a handful of people who I work for, and hundreds and maybe thousands of people who come into my business on a daily basis and uh, eat in our restaurant and, and enjoy our service. And, uh, and, and again, I'm not ashamed of who I am. I don't go around wearing, you know, Life City, you know, your T-shirts per se and, you know, promoting my, my church. But I'm not ashamed of who I am. And, and that's part of what I'm grateful that the particular business that hired me, um, that they accepted. That uh, they understood that I, I respected the boundaries of what I am and am not supposed to do. That I'm not ashamed of who I am either. And they were comfortable with that, even though they don't, as far as I'm aware anyway, don't, don't share my beliefs. Um, and so uh, you have some advantages as a bivocational minister, and, and that's just one of them, the fact that you're exposed to lost people. You're exposed to people who are actually in the world trying to live lives, trying to uh, do the things that you're probably preaching about every single week, but don't have uh, direct access on a constant basis to those people unless they come to your church. And this is just a great way for you to be able to minister to those people. Being able to be independent from the financial needs of the church paying you is another huge advantage. Uh, I do still receive some pay from the church, but if uh, we decided tomorrow that the church wasn't going to pay me anything, I would still be able to perform my functions as the lead pastor. It wouldn't diminish my role in the church in any way, and I would still be able to take care of myself and my family. It's a huge advantage, not just financially, but in doing my ministry. Do you know how liberating it is to stand up in front of a congregation full of people who and, and be able to preach God's word, not just with conviction, but with clarity because your livelihood's not directly connected to whether or not you say something that offends people on that given Sunday. I don't know. A couple of things I just want to say about that. I've never gone up there to preach thinking, oh, boy, I better preach a good message so they give more. That's, that's not my attitude either. But all of us are acutely aware, especially those of you who, like me, are not just bivocational, but you are also church planters. You're acutely aware that, that, that how you lead and how you preach it directly affects not just your livelihood, but the livelihood of other people in your ministry who are you know, working for the church and serving their guts out and, uh, and you know, receive some financial compensation and take care of themselves through that. When you're free from that because you don't, you know, that's not your primary source of income, it liberates you sometimes to say some things that need to be said. And it also, here's just another advantage, it gives you a ton of credibility. Because everybody who's volunteering in your church and serving their guts out every single week, and again, in my context, we, we, we have a church plant, and so every single week we got people showing up somewhere at 7, 7.30 in the morning, uh, picking up a truck, picking up a trailer, loading things up, unloading things, setting up chairs and stages and sound equipment and curtains and children's space and hospitality and coffee and all of that stuff every single week. And so when they see me showing up and helping set up some things and then preaching my guts out and then ministering to people, and then I've got to go into work the next morning, just like the rest of them, it gives me a lot of respect and it gives me a lot of honor and a lot of credibility from them because they understand he's doing what we're doing. He's, you know, not asking anything of us that he's not doing himself. He gets his tail up and goes to work and works for another business all week long and then comes in here and is still expected to have energy in his gas tank to preach to us and to love on us and to minister to us and we need to do the same thing. So there are huge advantages for being bivocational that you simply would not have any other way. And that gives you a lot of room to be able to minister and to serve from. Uh, I'd also say whatever we're on, I'm making numbers up now, so let's just say uh, five, six, whatever this is, uh, you're in good company. 
you're in good company. If you're bivocational, you're in good company. Uh, there are thousands of us now in this country, probably tens of thousands, honestly, who are serving, and we'd still consider ourselves in full-time ministry, but we're also working a job, taking care of our families. Uh, I know a lot of guys that have started churches who raised support and um, raised more than enough support and still took a job to make those resources stretch farther, but also because they want to engage with their community. I know other uh, guys who are bivocational through their spouse. Their wife runs a business like my wife does, or their wife has some other um, you know, system of raising money and, and, and business on the side that, that, that helps compensate what the church has to pay them. That still counts. You're still bivocational, especially if you help your wife run that ministry. I know plenty of women who are in ministry who also have a job outside of the church. And I just want to say that you're doing a good thing and you're in good company. Uh, your church doesn't have to be a second-class church. You don't have to be a second-class pastor, second-class servant in the kingdom. Uh, you're in good company with many other men and women who are working hard, who are making a living doing something other than the ministry and serving their guts out full-time as well. Um, not the least of which would be the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, we call him a tent maker as we understand what that meant. Uh, we understand he was probably more uh, along the lines of a leather worker and that that was how he took care of himself. And on a couple of occasions, he even made the point of saying, you know, you, you wanted to help me, but in some places I didn't I didn't receive your help because I didn't need your help. I didn't need your financial support. I didn't need your financial help. And that just is a really huge uh, testimony to the Apostle Paul. In fact, in some cases, the Apostle Paul's like, I'm glad I didn't because you would have hung it over my head <laughs> that I did take financial uh, help from you. And so the fact that the Apostle Paul, who wrote the better half to two-thirds of the New Testament, the fact that he was bivocational should tell us that God can use you if you're bivocational. And one last thought I want to say. Maybe you're listening to this and you're not bivocational, or maybe you're not even in ministry right now, not, not, not in a you know, pastoral role perhaps, or maybe you serve in your church, but you're not you know, in, a, in a formal job, whether it's bivocational or full-time or whatever. I would just say this. Um, we need more. We need more men and women to answer the call to ministry and know that they may not ever receive a paycheck from it or maybe not a full-time paycheck from it, but they're still willing to serve their guts out for the kingdom, even if it means they take a full-time job or a part-time job doing something else somewhere else. And I'd say here in California particularly, especially here in the Bay Area, we need more people who are willing to serve in their churches and work a full-time job whether or not they ever get a title or a paycheck or a full-time paycheck, they're willing to do whatever it takes to see men and women find and follow Jesus Christ to fully experience life in Him. And so maybe you're listening to this and you're bivocational or you're thinking about becoming bivocational or maybe you're thinking about planting a church but you don't know how you're going to raise that kind of money because you know you got some friends and family and a few churches that you think would support you but you know it would never be enough to take care of all the needs of yourself or your family uh, in addition to the needs of your ministry. Go bivocational. Consider doing something, and that, that's one of the things that I just keep coming back to with food. It was always something that I had in the back of my mind as something that if I needed to or felt like I should, I could fall back on this because I have restaurant experience, and I love it. It's something that I'm also passionate about doing. I love cooking. I love serving people. I love the hospitality industry, and it's something that I think plays well in the ministry as well. Um, and because I'm the general manager, I'm able to control how I you know, schedule myself and schedule my time. Yes, I do still have to work on Sundays occasionally. I still have to manage some some things on Sunday mornings or not Sunday mornings but on Sunday evenings occasionally but we make it work we pull it off we find ways and you can too 
You can do it. You're going to need help. You're not a second-class citizen. There are some distinct advantages to it. You're in great company, and we need more of you. So get into bivocational ministry. Or if you're in bivocational ministry, don't be weary and well-doing. Take some rest. Make sure you Sabbath well. Make sure you still find time for yourself, for your family, for your children. Make sure you still go on some vacations. I need to fish more often. That's something I've started doing more this year. But I've already gone fishing more in 2019 than I ever did in 2018. And I was full-time in ministry for most of 2018, certainly during all fishing season. Fishing's part of how I recharge and reconnect with God and, and just kind of uh, Sabbath well for my soul. And so anyway, just... I want to encourage you today that bivocational ministry matters and that you are making a difference and you have some distinct advantages. So thanks for listening today. Uh, next month in the John Markham Leadership Podcast, I'm going to address something that has been very personal to me, something that I still struggle with, and that is mental health, depression, anxiety. Uh, last summer, uh, prior to me making the decision to become bivocational, I uh, suffered through two massive panic attacks. Um, couldn't breathe. Uh, felt like my, my chest was would just just crushed me. I was hyperventilating and couldn't get control of it. That's not something that I um, am even proud to admit to you. It's uh, honestly something that I've um, embarrassed by in some ways. But uh, the pressures of life and certainly the pressures of ministry uh, can be such that um, that it's that's tough to uh, open up about. And since I've opened up about my struggle with anxiety and depression. Uh, I have literally had dozens, um, several dozens of pastors and other church leaders who have reached out to me and said, thank you so much for sharing your story. We need to talk about this more. We need to do more about this. Um, and they've admitted that they've struggled in different places. I've had pastors admit to me that they've struggled with uh, thoughts of suicide. And I know of pastors who have taken their lives. And so we need to address this. We need to get ahead of this. And we need to begin talking about this. So next episode, next month, we're going to begin talking about depression and ministry and mental health and ministry. So I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. Thanks for listening to the John Markham Leadership Podcast. As always, I just want to encourage you to visit patreon.com slash John Markham. Uh, we are encouraging people to become patrons of not just this podcast, but of other resources that uh, me and uh, people on my team have been working really hard on to develop to encourage you in your ministry and your walk with God. Uh, here in the near future, we're going to begin sharing a podcast for daily devotions that you can listen to on your commute uh, or on your workout. And uh, so we'd encourage you to get into that. We're also going to begin providing coursework soon uh, to help you uh, just develop the skills and tools that you need to do your ministry. And uh, all that's possible because of listeners like you. So again, visit patreon.com slash John Markham and consider becoming a patron. And there's some cool uh, benefits and perks that come along with that. Thanks again, and I will join you guys next time. Peace out.